Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're having a good day. I hope this hour uh, is going to be really uh, a special hour for you because we're going to talk about giving thanks and being thankful. And we're going to talk about our spirits. Do we have a spirit of gratitude or grumbling? And I look at that verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 that says, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Is that even possible? My guests uh, are John and Pam Bloom, and so this is what we call Deep Thinker Thursday. I'm awfully glad to have them uh, back on the program. Uh, John is, of course, um, an author, board chair, and co-founder of Desiring God. He's author of three books, Not by Sight, Things Not Seen, and Don't Follow Your Heart. And he and Pam have five kids, and they live in the Twin Cities. And always nice to see you and have you back on the program. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. All right, let's just get started with this topic. This Can we give thanks in all circumstances? Is that possible? <laughs> well, all things are possible with God. You know, Je- True. Jesus said, uh, you know, with man it is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And I think that's the way to answer that question, because... Um, I don't think anybody is a naturally grateful person. Hmm. I think most of us are natural born grumblers. <laughs> um, right. and, and gratitude is something that gets cultivated, um, something, that we, something that we have to learn. And oftentimes um, the, the best places that we learn are in the most difficult and painful places of life. That's I just counterintuitively and paradoxically that tends to be where we really learn um gratitude. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just wonder though, before we even begin, um, because this is not an easy subject to talk about. I mean it's an easy subject to talk about. It's not an easy one to live. And um and we're gonna and and just to even talk about it um, in the context that we're, we're living in right now, um, you know, may touch on, on uh, places in our hearts that we um, are finding very difficult and painful. I just wonder if, if it would be okay just to begin with prayer. Please. Oh, I'd love that. Lord, um, one of the reasons I want to begin with prayer here is because... I am not an expert on gratitude. I am uh, more of an expert, I think, historically in terms of the proportion of my of my life in in the area of grumbling. And um, and so I'm not putting myself forward here. We're looking to your word. That that exhortation, that that imperative, that command that we give thanks in all circumstances for this 
is your will for us in Christ Jesus. Um, we're, we're wanting to live that verse. We, we want that to be a reality for us, Lord. And so right now, just as we are listening and as we talk, would you grant us the grace to see grace? Because <laughs> that's what gratitude is. We, we, want, we need grace to see grace. We need the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we might know the hope to which we have been called. We, we are not going to be, this isn't going to mean anything to us unless you, by the power of your spirit, illuminate your word and make it come alive to us and help us, Lord, as we prepare a week out from Thanksgiving here, um, try to prepare our hearts to give thanks. Um, We ask for your help. And we don't want it to be simply one day, mainly a year. We want it to be a lifestyle. And so we ask for your grace to, to begin again today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, John. So again, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So this is not a gentle encouragement. This is uh, something that we're supposed to obey. That's right. That's right. It's... Um, if you do a, if you just, you know, if you go and in, in, into you know your online Bible and you and you just type in the search box the word thanks and look in the New Testament, there are scads of verses that talk about giving thanks. I mean, so it's an it's this it's this command that's given over and over and over. Um, it's something that that is meant to be obeyed, but it's not meant to be obeyed um, as a as a is something that's perfunctory, like mm-hmm. like just just go through the motions. Right. There's a reason. There's a reason why we're told over and over to give thanks because it's supposed to characterize a Christian. A Christian is supposed to to ha- you know cultivate a, a disposition towards towards giving thanks. And the reason I think we're we're told it over and over is because of our natural sinful fallen aspect of our of our of our beings that um, tend to get the better of us so that we become grumblers and lose sight of the grace that we've been given. And so this, this command to give thanks in all circumstances is really a command. It's, it's a command for us to be happy. <laughs> it, what I mean by that is God is saying, see grace in every circumstance. And when and when God says that, he's not being flippant at all because um, Jesus, Jesus both, both shows us the way it, by his example of what it means to give thanks in all circumstances, even the worst. And he's also, he also is the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to receive grace, and he shows us the way by what he does by the, by the example he said, especially in the upper room during the Last Supper. Hmm. And let's even start the conversation about gratitude going right back to the gospel. We are just what we can rem, rem, remember about how we've been treated, not as we deserve, that Christ took our the condemnation and the, the wrath of God. On our behalf, we are set free. We are, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus' record, not our record, and he delights in us. 
I just spent four days away on a facilitated retreat and I soaked in that and had, I needed the reminder that God delights in me and shame and condemnation or ways that I can think of myself that just aren't true. They can be, um, those chains are broken and my record is clean and we forget that and need to remember that. And that's the the primary and biggest source of what are we grateful for. And then everything else that we're talking about is like byproducts of what Jesus bought for us on the cross. That's exactly right. I bet there's a listener right now that's thinking, I'm listening to everyone talk right now, but they don't know how horrible my circumstances are. That's right. I'm sure there are. Right. Um, And and there's actually probably quite a few who are listening. Many, yes. Who are wondering about that. And that's when we talk about gratitude, you know, that can sound very, it almost can sound superficial. You know, we'll just give thanks in all circumstances. It's not superficial. It's a deep thing. And, and, and so let's just go right away Please. Um, to, uh, go, let's go to the upper room. Okay. And remember the context there. What, what's happening in the upper room? This, these are, this is a, a meal that's being shared with Jesus and his disciples just hours before Jesus is about to be brutally crucified. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to quote from Luke chapter 22, um, verse 19. That's, that's Luke's account of the upper room. And do you remember, Jesus took the bread. And when he, when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you or broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay, now, we're hours before the cross. And Jesus, the, the, the bread is, is symbolizing his body, about to be broken, mm. given, in the, in the worst possible way. And what does he do? He gives thanks. And um, there, that word, give, give thanks, or thanksgiving, is a, a version of the word Greek word eucharisteo. And um, I f- have found uh, Anne Voskamp very helpful when, in unpacking that word eucharisteo. Um, she, she's somebody who has uh, cultivated Thanksgiving in a, a remarkable way. And I think we'll talk about her a little bit, a little bit later. Um, but here's what, here's what she said. I'm just going to actually quote from her. The, the root word of eucharisteo is Charis, eucharis deo. And charis means grace. So Jesus took the bread and saw it as grace and he gave thanks. And he understood the full, this is me now, he he understands the full symbolic nature of that. Mm -hmm. He's about to, by grace, give himself up. And he took the bread, knowing it to to be a gift, and gave thanks. Meaning eucharis deo, thanksgiving. And she says that um, that word Eucharisteo envelops the, the Greek word for grace, charis, but also embedded in there is the Greek word chara, meaning joy. So we need to, when we think about that Greek word Eucharisteo, it's charis, grace. Eucharisteo, the whole word, thanksgiving, and chara, joy. So now, 
Let's just think about that for a moment. Um, what does Eucharisteo mean in Jesus's context? Let me, I'm just going to paraphrase his prayer here. Thank you, Father, that my body, symbolized by this bread, is about to be brutally broken, and I am about to be momentarily damned by your wrath so that you will receive supreme glory in being able to forgive undeserving sinners, and I will share eternal, eternally full joy with hundreds of millions of forgiven sinners made righteous through my sacrifice. Wow. <laughs> That's Powerful. No, we got to ask ourselves. So was Jesus's Thanksgiving based on his circumstances, his immediate circumstances at the moment? Mm. You know, we could say, well, in a way, I mean, he knows what, what, what the circumstances mean, um, but they were horrible. They, they were horrible. What he was about to endure was horrible. Um, the worst possible horror that a human being can experience was about to fall on him. And yet he felt thankful to the Father for the grace and the glory that was coming because of the cross. Or as the writer of the Hebrew says, for the joy set before him, he looked, he endured the cross. What a great U- way to... Eucharist Deo. Yeah, what a great way to start as we uh, talk with John and Pam Bloom today on how we can give thanks in all circumstances. It's a, a great reminder, and it's a, a great passage from First Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We'll take a little break, and we'll be right back. John and Pam Bloom are my guests. Deep Thinker Thursday. So nice to be having them back on the program. And we're talking about giving thanks in all circumstances. And before we move on, uh, I know we got more to cover, but uh, this idea that, that God will, despite the circumstances in your life, God is going to complete the good work that's in you. And that says in Romans 8.28, John, all things work together for good. And Pam? Right. So... In terms of, you know, can we give thanks in the worst possible circumstances? The answer to that is, is yes, because it doesn't mean that the grace is absent there. It means that we are, in certain circumstances, really dire ones, um, we are putting our faith in future promises of grace that are coming, right? So if God is going to complete every good work he began in us, and if he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, then there isn't any circumstance that isn't going to end up um, being a means of glory. Now, mm-hmm. I have all sorts of, of circumstances that go right through my head as I say that, knowing that there's some terrible ones. There's, there's things that we aren't going to be able to answer on this side of heaven yet, um, because it looks terrible and it looks like there's no redemptive purpose whatsoever for that circumstance. And so how in the world, I mean, we can, we can easily, we can easily put Jesus's things away. Well, that's Jesus and that's the cross and he knew what was going on, but this is what happened to me. And I don't see any redemptive thing happening to me, for me out of this. But the thing that, that we need to remember is 
when Jesus went to the cross, all the, none of the disciples knew what was going on. Everything looked like it was the worst possible circumstance, and it didn't look like it was redemptive at that moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Sunday morning that they realized exactly what happened, or they began to realize all that happened. And so, and so that's how it appears to us often. It looks terrible. It looks wrong, and there's glory and grace, and we have to trust promises there. Um, even when our perceptions tell us we don't see grace. So when when you and I were talking about this this afternoon, we were saying it, like if someone has is exercising gratitude vocally, they're they're practicing it, and maybe they've been processing that coming to a place of gratitude in their pain. If you don't see that working of grace in their heart behind the scenes and you hear them saying, I'm grateful. I can thank God for this circumstance. It can look like you said, it can look really irritating. Like what? And you're expecting me to do that in my pain. It can actually elicit um, like some doubt, like really, like, like you, do you really believe that? Like they don't, that response does not match your circumstance. It's, it's really puzzling, and it it can be um, irritating, but I think actually underneath it is, I actually want some of that, and I'm convicted that I'm not responding that way. And it doesn't have to be so off-putting, like, I can't have anything to do with you because I can't relate to that, but it actually can make us look inside like, God, I'm sorry that I, I can't, I feel like I can't do that, but would you help me see that I can give thanks when that looks impossible and that I want to learn to be more grateful and just admit I'm struggling. I'm failing at it now. And he's not going, well, like I'll dismiss you or like get your act together. And then, but no, he, he's compassionate and merciful and understands. I, I understand why you feel like you can't and I will help you. And it could look really, um, offensive and yet it could be actually compelling and like Eliana was over today and she was saying like she had Elsa in a store and Elsa's jumping up and down and people is our granddaughter she's two and she's a half two. okay and thanks for the context yes yeah, sorry <laughs> like, Don't you, you all know Elsa um Eliana said half the people in the store were charmed by her and going like oh look at her jumping up and down and others were like there's a lot of danger like breakable things in here and they were irritated by her and I think that was just a a picture of gratitude can be like, oh, that's beautiful. Or like, what are you doing? You've just had a major loss and you can find joy. It's puzzling. Yeah, I think <clears throat> one one question to ask ourselves is, um, who are the people that we have either met or that we know about, maybe from a distance, who are the the most grateful people? I mean, pro, I mean, really, really, really grateful. Not um, not just courteous or polite, but they're deeply grateful and have a have a seem to have a joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you have some people in your mind? Oh yeah, someone just popped right into my mind instantly. Do, do you know anything about their background? I do. What is their background like? Um, 
Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So the people that I know that, that are the most grateful mm-hmm. have the most profound pain yeah. and, and brokenness in their background. Mm-hmm. And that's why I referenced um, Anne Voskamp, the, okay. who I quoted. Because um, Anne, we, we've, we've had a, the, the joy of getting to know Anne. She's a friend. She's an author. She's a um, best-selling author of a n- number of books. But I think she's probably best known for her book, 1,000 Gifts. And uh, if you are in a bookstore and you see 1,000 Gifts, you'll see, you know, um, some hands holding a, like a, a robin's nest with some robin eggs. It looks really, and it says <laughs> 1,000 Gifts, and you're like, oh, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. I just challenge you to read the book. It's kind of mar- it's marketed toward women, I think, um, because she's a female author and she's she's got a significant ministry to women. So of course, women would be her primary audience. But I encourage any man to to be man enough to read this book because this is not light reading. All it takes is for you to read the first chapter and you recognize the background out of which her practice of cultivating gratitude is coming from. She, it is deep pain, deep trauma, deep tragedy, um, and uh, and that's that's the kind of person who is being forced to see grace that tends to to see it in most deeply profound ways, and uh, and that tells us something. Yes, you can give thanks in all circumstances, and in fact. Gratitude is not just this, this, well, this, this thing that you kind of have to do even though you don't feel like it. It's actually the pathway out of dark trauma. And, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that after the break. Well, that's really encouraging. And then we're also going to talk about future joy. And yes. What does your future joy look like? Because yes. Jesus, at the last uh, gathering, breaking bread, he knew what the future joy was. Exactly. And how often can we fix our mind on our future joy? It's hard to sometimes when circumstances are bad. Oh, it's really hard. But that's, we won't do it unless we're forced to. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that. Like, gratitude is a spiritual discipline. It's not just a, it's not just a courtesy. Yeah. It's a spiritual discipline that trains the soul and the mind to see grace and to savor it. Yeah, so that's something we can learn, cultivate, get better at, right? And that's that's yes. good news. Yes. Yeah, because if we're by nature grumblers, uh, there's hope for all of us. Yes. Yeah, good. All right, uh, John and Pam Bloom are my guests. This is Deep Thinker Thursday. We're talking, of course, about uh, giving thanks in all circumstances, and we're relying on the verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Lots more ahead. We'll be back in 90 seconds.
We are back with John and Pam Bloom. Uh, it is Deep Thinker Thursday. So awfully glad to have him back in. Um, always go to desiringgod.org to see all of John's writing. He's only got about 600 articles there. So go ahead and uh, head over there, desiringgod.org. All right, let's pick up where we left off. You've got some uh, other thoughts about uh, Ann Voskamp and her writing. Yeah, I just don't want to pass by that too quickly. Um, I know I'm not <clears throat> I'm not getting paid by Ann to do an endorsement here. She knows nothing about this. Um, I will say that this book, I've read it, um, I think, three times. And, um, and it has been profound because the, the, the title, 1,000 Gifts, it's what this book is, is her sort of, it's a chronicle, it's, kind of, it's a memoirish book, but it, it's her walking through the spiritual discipline of identifying 1,000 graces that she just runs into every day. Um, and, and, and it's coming out of her background of pain that made, you know, gave her a propensity toward depression and despair and, you know, skepticism, all those kind of things that we all battle. The reasons we all think, well, you know, we, you can't give thanks in all circumstances or just kind of, make, you know, the things that make us irritated, as Pam said, about people who are, all, you know, kind of are grateful people and we're just thinking, well, they're Pollyannish mm-hmm. or they don't really know what real life is about mm-hmm. or if they were in my place, they wouldn't feel that way. But that's not true necessarily. Now, I will say there are seasons for deep lament. We can see that in the Psalms. All right. So, um, yes, we can give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't mean that there aren't times for, for significant lament. Um, Anne knows both. And this book will demonstrate it. If you, if you pick it up, uh, might be, might make a great Christmas gift for you. If you want to re- ask for it, 1000 gifts, because gratitude is a spiritual discipline. It must be cultivated. And this will give both an example of somebody who's gone through deep trauma and somebody who has put um, into her life the discipline of cultivating it. The other person I would just want to re- want to point to as another example of gratitude and joy is Johnny Erickson Tata. And if you know, I, I imagine probably most of your listeners know who she is. In the 70s, when she was 19 years old, she dove into the Chesapeake Bay, broke her neck, and has spent um, a lifetime in her wheelchair. And... Uh, and as a paraplegic, she she is the most joyful person I have ever seen or met consistently. And that's because every day when she wakes up, she practices the seeing of grace and the and the recounting of promises and rejoicing in God. It's it's something that gets cultivated um, by. Uh, by practice often gratitude is something that is cultivated by the exercise of seeing graces and then also um in the very act of speaking it out it can help it can change uh, our our disposition our our lenses through which we're seeing the world at that time. And so anyway, those are just models of people. These are people with deep pain in their background and they've learned. And so can you give thanks in all circumstances? Yes. It's no trite thing. The answer, the biblical answer 
really is, yes. And the practice of gratitude is a pathway out of darkness often into the light of God's promises. It's a very timely conversation we're having. Very. Yeah, it is. I was just going to give a, a, a slight plug today. I, I signed up actually to receive an online, a free online Bible, Bible study that was um, highlighted on Ann Voskamp's website, annvoskamp.com, hosted by Faith Gateway. And it, it's a six-week study, free tools on cultivating gratitude, noticing and listing the graces in our life, things that we see every day that we take for granted, na- taking the time to name them, to grow in joy. Like, hasn't 2020 been a year where we tend to list things that have gone wrong and we're adding to them, like the losses, people, loss of um, our habits and celebrations that we've enjoyed. And we don't want it to be the year where we've had a growing list of what's gone wrong and been offended or um, just things that we grieve over. But what are we at the same time grateful for? So gratitude is what comes out of our mouths and out of our hearts when we're seeing grace. And grace is receiving a gift that we don't deserve. You know, if you deserve something, you don't, what you feel is not gratitude. You feel, you might feel some measure of satisfaction that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're getting what you deserve. You're, you're earning your pay or whatever that is. You're, you're, you're meriting something and, and there's a, a measure of accomplishment. Gratitude is receiving something that you didn't earn. It's coming as a gift. And, uh, and when it comes from God as sinners, what we're receiving from God, any kindness is an undeserved gift and and being once once you you're looking at things through the realm through the lenses of gratitude you start seeing everything as as gift and i have moments like that and then i have other moments that where i'm just i'm i'm grumbling and let me just say a quick word here about gra- about gratitude the words of gratitude and words of of grumbling because bill during the break you just mentioned that the guy that you referenced earlier you know one of the most grateful people that that uh, you know he's um, when you're with him he's almost narrating his life you know oh thank 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 you god for this cream that i'm putting in my coffee and for the cows and for the farmers and he starts <laughs> he starts rehearsing those things and and you can, it's almost funny it's entertaining it's entertaining but it's so spirit lifting too it is because all of a sudden you realize I mean, it gives you a little glimpse of, of all that, that it takes in, in God's providence for you to be receiving things right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we, if we just stop right now and just looked around us, these microphones, this computer I've got sitting before me, uh, the fact that I get to know you, a human being, which a human being is the most amazing, you know, creature. The, the human brain is the most amazing thing that we know of in the in the. In, right. the, in the known cosmos, all those things. There's just, there's just gift after gift after gift after gift. And we, you know what we tend to see because of our inbred um, selfishness is, oh, this isn't the way I want it. This isn't going the way I want it. We, start, we, we turn into grumbling. Now, gratitude, therefore, is the accent, I call it the accent of heaven. 
It's, it's or the dialect of heaven. It's, it's people who are tasting grace, God's grace. They speak gratitude and they're talking with the accent of heaven. So your friend, when, when you're with him, he's talking in the accent of heaven. <laughs> now, when you're with, when, when you either are or you're with somebody who's grumbling, grumbling is the accent of hell, I think. Because it's, I'm not being treated the way I deserve, and I'm not getting this, and this isn't going right, and, you know, you're speaking with angst and frustration, you're blind to graces, and you're seeing, um, you know, disgrace. (laughs) That's what you're seeing. You're just seeing things that you think are wrong and are frustrated, and this isn't going the way you're, it's, it's it's a, it's it becomes the accent of, of, a, of a kind of rebellion because we're not seeing things in the kingdom perspective. We're not seeing them with the eyes of faith. We're speaking really th- unbelief. And so grumble, 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 grumble. And that's why God comes down on grumbling in the, in the Bible. Do all things without grumbling or complaining, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. Ooh, I'm in trouble. You know, do well. So am I. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm what not Pam, alone what, on this that's one. why what Pam said earlier is so important. You know, God knows, God knows, and He's gracious with us. But what we want to do is begin to cultivate um, gratitude because because when we're speaking grumbling, it's a gauge. Our heart, we're not seeing grace. When we're talking gratitude, we we're, we're it's an evidence that we're we're starting to see it, and it. And like when you're with your friend and it lightens your spirit, mm-hmm. that's the what gratitude does when we cultivate it inside. It lightens. It changes the way we are processing what we see or processing what we experience. And so if we want like an avenue out of our depression, mm-hmm. our discouragement, our what, it, it's counterintuitive because at that moment we don't want to be grateful. Mm-hmm. We don't want to practice that. We want, we're gravitating towards grumbling because for some reason, sinfully, it feels better. The path, though, is the counterintuitive one to cultivate seeing grace and begin practicing saying it and saying gratitude. And it changes. It lifts. Yeah, lift is the big word. That's, it's it so is. true. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it, we, we can, it, it unburdens us to some degree. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and the thing is, the more you see, the more you start seeing, the more you do see. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you, if you start forcing yourself to start to seeing gifts, you'll, you'll, you kind of change your frame of mind or the lenses through which you're seeing and you'll see more. And, uh, and that's why even the, having, having a holiday called Thanksgiving is, is a real common grace in our culture. Because it's a day set aside to say, pay attention to graces and try it. Like, give thanks and, uh, and give thanks in all circumstances. Take a look in the deep, dark circumstance you might find yourself. What, do you, what are the graces that you actually are seeing? Can you see them? And, uh, and begin to rehearse them. And begin to give thanks to God for them. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And the reason it's the will of God isn't just because God wants, hey, hey, thank me. Kind of like, you know, you say to your child, hey, thank your grandma for your black socks for Christmas or whatever. <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm. he, no, what he's saying is, 
The reason it's God's will for us is because he wants us to be happy. It is, the pa- it is a, a path to joy. Gratitude is a path to joy. God wants us to be happy. It is a command that is a mercy. And so um, we probably need to turn here and talk about the future uh, nature. Let's go back to the, to the upper room. Okay. And uh, what, we, what we see going on there is Jesus. Okay, so he's about to face the worst. Okay, it's worse. It's worse. I know that, that some of us are, have been in some terrible, terrible circumstances. Um, none of us have borne the weight of the Father's wrath against all of redeemed humanity um, that Jesus did. We, we don't have any comprehension of what that was like. It was there, but there was. It wasn't for no reason that he sweat blood in the garden. Mm-hmm. What was he doing? He he was able to give things. Why? Well, we the writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter twelve, verse two, that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. There are moments when just recognizing the graces that that are coming that we can see right now kind of what your friend is doing like that is a really healthy godly practice but there are times that that isn't going to get you through um and what we need at that point is to look ahead to the future grace that's coming because if you're a believer there is only grace coming, no matter what you're facing right now. Um, it's all coming. And so here, here, let me just rehearse a few things. <clears throat> because for a Christian, the very best possible future that you can imagine is on the move. So you're going to have the, the free gift of complete forgiveness for all of your sins extending into forever. You're not so all the all the sins that weigh you down now. You're going to be completely free someday. You're never going to have to merit your your justification before God. That's given to you as a free gift. Romans six twenty three. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Galatians two sixteen. You're you're going to have all of your real needs provided for while on earth. Okay, not all your preferred needs, or not all the ones that you think you need, but God will provide everything you need according to His riches. In glory in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 19. You're going to receive all the grace that you need at all times so that you will be able to abound in every good work that God has for you. That's 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Even if it doesn't feel like it right now, it's coming. You're going to be raised from the dead, and you're going to never die again. And that means that someday soon you're going to, be, you're going to see Jesus, and you're going to be with him. And you're going to be like him. First John 3, 2. And in that day, you're going to know for the first time, full, unpolluted joy in his presence. Psalm sixteen eleven. And you're going to be completely free from all corruption. Romans eight twenty one, And you're going to have God as your portion forever. He's going to be your exceeding joy forever, Psalm 43, verse 4. So that's just, that's a small sampling. But there's this, 
the New Testament is just ringing with this future-oriented hope. The kingdom is coming. God is coming. You're going to receive the kingdom forever. Um, That future-oriented joy. So those small graces that we can taste in the moment are indicators. They're they're real gifts, and they're also pointers to this great joy. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to take a little break. We'll be right back with John and Pam Bloom. We call this Deep Thinker Thursday. Got a Great, some great comments coming in from listeners. I'll share uh, them when we get back. with John and Pam Bloom, Deep Thinker Thursday. Great question came in from Leanne. I have understood the verse regarding giving thanks in all things, as in being the helpful verb. So many of us think we must be thankful for all things. We can't be thankful for horrible news, but we can focus on what else we are grateful for in the midst of it. That is... um that's true because mm-hmm. the Bible tells us, um, the Bible tells us, do not call what is evil good. All right, so um, and woe to him who calls evil good. So there are evil, really evil things that happen. Um, we all know them. We, we all we've all had some, you know, in our in our own lives or in our family's life. So you know. One one example is your if your daughter is raped. You know, I don't you don't thank God that um, evil happened, right? mm, like no. like think you know as if he's the author of evil. Like you 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 don't say evil or the, rape is a good thing. Rape is an evil thing. Mm-hmm. It's an evil thing. However, um, as Leanne says, you give you can give things in the circumstances because there are promises that are given um, to believers who experience exquisite evil, that God is going to overcome that, that God actually can work all things together for good. That kind of providence, that kind of powerful providence is something that you can give thanks to God for so that you, so that you don't have to despair and say, well, things would have been good, but that evil thing happened and ruined everything and ruined all our chances to ever be happy again. No, because you can, you know that God will never let evil have the final say for his Mm. own. And so you can give thanks for promises that help that God, that God can work, end up working things together for good in ways that we would have never imagined. We would never have planned, wouldn't have wanted at at the beginning. But so often you hear people who've come through terrible circumstances, terrible evil things and say things about God that are amazing because they experience graces that they didn't know about before. And so they can give thanks in all circumstances while not calling evil good. So I think it would be our our prayer and our exhortation and our hope that as days unfold and we have experiences and we interact with each other, that we would have a higher thought, higher vision, as you call it, like a 
a panoramic vision that it's not just looking at an event. It's looking at all of redemptive history, the promises into the future. And and the, as you were saying, like, oh, we're in, I'm in trouble because I've been grumbling. Like we might have been in a, a dark season or, or very prone to rehearse the things that are going wrong in ways that we're offended or um, not seeing what's true. And we need to sometimes humble ourselves and say to a friend, like, I am losing perspective. Like, can you remind me again, why am I supposed to be so grateful? Because I just, it feels distant. God doesn't feel near. I don't feel loved because of these circumstances. They tend to define how I see myself. And then that we all be like equipped and ready for an answer when we're called on. Like if a friend calls us and says, I'm really struggling to believe or find joy today. And that we can review things like second Corinthians 12, nine, that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in our weakness and that he will meet all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Like these are, these are just foundational truths that we forget, but we can bank on. We, he calls us more than conquerors through his, him who loved us. And we need to, like, in a compassionate, understanding way, stir one another up and link arms and say, I'll, I'll hold up your arm when you're not believing. And I'm not going to shame you for grumbling. Like, let's lament together and let's say it should not be this way and maintain a panoramic vision and hope for the future. Yeah, I think that's 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 really hopeful um because gr- grumbling gives you a kind of myopia. You know, you know, myopia is when your when your vision narrows. Mm-hmm. Grumbling the more you grumble, just the, the smaller your world gets. You know, it's you're just you're just focused on on this terrible thing and this and then you you know, it could just it, it makes your world small and narrow. We have a myop kind of myopic view at that point, but but gratitude begins to open us up and it gives us more as, as Pam was talking about that panoramic view it opens up things we see more we see more of reality and and helps put everything into a different perspective so that if you're if you're myopic something relatively small can seem huge and eclipse other things but with a more panoramic vision it, it puts it in its place and you can you can you have more um, capacity for joy. All right, we just have a couple minutes left. So, how do we uh, put a nice bow on this one? Well, <clears throat> I don't know that you put a nice bow on it. I think I think what we do is we is we say to to one another, let's become people that cultivate gratitude. Yeah, because gratitude is this gift, isn't it? It's a gift that you can possess and then give away. That's the bow I was kind of thinking about because it is a delight to be around grateful people. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you become a grateful person, you become life-giving to be around. Preaching that sermon to myself right now. I'm trying to work on that. What, and just we, we need to remember that, that, that gratitude, um, gratitude does not just come naturally to a sinful person or, or to our sinful nature. It's it, it's a it it it's graces come to us free gratitude you 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 can cultivate your uh, your capacity to be grateful by pr- 
practicing it, practicing seeing it, building things like Ann Voskamp did, building some, some, some disciplines in to help you spot them so that you see more of them. And, it, and the more you see, the more it tends to come out of your mouth, just like your friend. Um, if, we could all, if, we, if we were all narrators of the graces that we're receiving all the time, um, we would all be funner to be around. <laughs> we really would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just say gratitude comes from recognizing grace. It comes from seeing it. And it's grace that we're currently receiving in the present. And it's grace that we've been promised in the future. And it's grace that when we turn around and look in the back, you know, look back at the cross and we see it. So, so it's, it's cultivating being able to see it. And we cultivate it um, by training our spiritual eyes to see it. And we, we cultivate it by practicing it. Let it come out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. Saying it. All right. We're kind of out of time. Thank you so much, John and Pam Bloom, for being here with me today talking about this very important topic a week before the big Thanksgiving holiday. But this is something we should be practicing every day, developing a spirit of gratitude and um, asking God to give you more strength throughout the day to feel more grateful for everything. Thank you for listening today and supporting Faith Radio. I always love our time together, and I'm already excited for our time tomorrow. Dr. Alex McFarlane will be joining me, as will Dr. Glenn Pickering. We're going to talk about uh, anger tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. And then my friend, Dr. Greg, Greg Heddington, will be continuing his series on the book of John. That's all coming up tomorrow. We'll see you soon. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.